episode 44 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke LeGrand. And I'm Jess Rubisi. Thank you for spending some time with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The NHL has not disappointed since its return, and now is your chance to win some money while you watch. Bet Online has lines, spreads, and props on every game this season, so you never have to worry about missing out on the action. They even have lines on AHL and international games so you can earn even more. But whether you're looking to place a bet on the NHL, international hockey, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week, we have some news on how you can stream CHL hockey and another college hockey recap. But first, we have some news on how teams will be selected for the NCAA tournament. With little to no non-conference play this year, the usual pairwise rankings have been rendered useless. So in a memo sent to all coaches, we now know that a regional advisory committee will supplement usual pairwise criteria. According to College Hockey News, the selection committee will still use quality wins, home and road weightings, regulation versus overtime wins, and strength of schedule. From there, coaches from various conferences will assist in the evaluation of teams and make recommendations on who the national committee should select to make the tournament. Just the selection process in hockey has been completely mathematical since the institution of the pairwise. How do you feel now that the process has become more subjective? Well, you know, I've never been a fan of pairwise. I don't think it fairly ranks the teams. I mean, there are some teams that are in conferences where you've got like five or six teams that were worthy of being selection. It just seems it's too subjective. Our friends over at the CHN, they have a setting that's way better than what they prefer. It's called CROTCH. It stands for Ken's Ratings for American College Hockey. It's a sophisticated mathematical model. It came up with a guy by the name of Ken Butler. College Hockey News endorses it, and I agree with them. It's a much fairer, it's kind of like technical. It uses more statistics than it does strength of schedule and stuff like that. But it's not easily to be distorted. I mean, you could take a team like, you know, Boston College, which usually plays one of the toughest schedules in a normal year where they go out of the conference and they go play the North Dakotas and the Minnesotas and all the tough teams. It also recognizes a bad loss versus a good loss. So let's put it this way. To me, crotch is the type of model that they should be using instead of just eeny, meeny, miny, mo, which what I think pairwise is. I'm going to disagree with you here, Jess. I think that the pairwise is kind of the beautiful thing about college hockey compared to things like college basketball. I don't consider myself a fan of college basketball. I won't watch a game until March. But I do know the selection committee makes more than a few fans unhappy every year. I know they all have their principles and procedures and they handle the whole thing with integrity. That doesn't change the fact that some people go to bed on Selection Sunday thinking they got screwed. And with the pairwise, it's really just a formula at the end of the day. I know they might not use as many numbers as you'd like, but that's really all it is at the end of the day. It's just math and that's how they pump out the numbers and they don't go by the 1 to 20 rankings that the Usho normally uses. Now, hockey has benefited from this fact that Typically, it's usually just all numbers. They've never had to rely on their own judgment. They just punch the same numbers in every year, spit out 16 teams, and we have a tournament. I think this year, though, you're going to find a lot of people upset whether they're valid in their opinion or not. Because, Jess, we've got six tournaments that will guarantee you a spot in the tournament. 
this is a bit of a wild scenario I'm going to throw at you, but what if the Hockey East tournament, by the grace of God, Vermont wins? Big Ten tournament comes around, Penn State pulls it out. The ECAC only has four teams. What if Colgate snags a spot? These are crazy picks. I know that. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a lot more likely those teams and those spots are Boston College, Minnesota, Quinnipiac. Those divisions get those teams. But this year is crazy, man. And now we're leaving it to the eye test. Well, see, that's the thing. That's why I believe College Hockey News has the right idea. To quote them, the simplest definition of a team's crotch rating is winning ratio times strength of schedule. Winning ratio is a cousin of winning percentage. Instead of wins divided by games played, it's wins divided by losses. And in a situation like this year, where you're going to have everybody in hockey East beaten up on a Vermont versus the four teams of the ECAC. I want to see a fair version of how to select the teams. To be honest, I don't think it's fair this year to have just 16 teams. I think given the wackiness of this season, I, for one, wouldn't have a problem expanding the tournament. And I think they should have expanded the hockey tournament a long time ago to 32 teams. I think we can come up with 32 teams, and yes, I know, the 60th Division One team, so we're inviting half the hockey school. Well, I think you should, because take this year, Atlantic Hockey, they've got some really good teams in Atlantic Hockey for a change. Not to mention changes in how many scholarships each team can offer. We're seeing more quality players going to what we call the lesser thans. I want to see more teams be invited to the NC2A and stop this 16-team nonsense where, you know, you've got automatic six and then 12 teams ranked based upon a, a, a mathematical formula. I want to see everybody get a shot at it. We may prefer to use different metrics, but I think we have the same concern, Jess, and that's a good team missing out on the tournament. And I think... Looking at this year and the teams that have been good, I think it's going to be very easy that when it comes down to the last few spots to leave out a team that's been fantastic like Omaha, Bowling Green, Northeastern, Robert Morris, when I really think that they should be on the other side of the bubble. I know being on a committee like a regional committee is a thankless job. You could do everything perfect and half the crowd is going to think you screwed up everything regardless. It's not an easy job. And I don't think we'll see anything outlandish. I don't think we'll see a team like Notre Dame or Western Michigan get a bit unless they earn it. But relying on people being subjective this year is going to screw more than one deserving team out of a shot at the tournament. And I think that stinks for all the teams that really worked their tail off this year. We have some news right now from the CHL, not about playing hockey, but about how you can watch at home. The CHL announced that it will be partnering with Verizon Media this season to stream games all throughout the season. The WHL will be the first game streaming when their games return in February. Jess, I believe Bell was the last company that would stream Canadian junior games, and there seems to be concern amongst fans that an American company in charge of streaming Canadian hockey is going to be a problem. As someone who's watched this sport for a long time, what do you think? I totally disagree because the Bell product was terrible. Quite frankly, you'd see so many games that would freeze or just lose a picture. I mean, that's not exactly a great product to begin with because you're talking these little junior hockey teams with like one camera situated up at the top of the building going left to right, right to left. You didn't really get a good look at the action. I think with Verizon investing the money into it, I think What's more important is the CHL has recognized that they needed to put out a much better product for the price that they normally would charge. 
Now I'm hearing that for like 24 games, the WHL is going to charge something like 60 bucks. I still think that's kind of high. I also think that the WHL for this year should be just making it for free. You're only going to have 24 games. You're not going to have fans allowed into the arena. So why not do the smart thing and just simply say, yeah, here, here it is. Here's your chance to follow your team. You can't be there in person. Take the beating and give a chance, especially a team like the Portland Winterhawks, who I'm hearing are probably not going to get a chance to play in Oregon because the governor still hasn't said, we'll let you play. And it is rumored that Portland Winterhawks are going to wind up playing in Seattle because Seattle is okayed junior hockey. It's still an expensive property. I hope it works out. I really do. From everything I've seen since the announcement that the CHL will be going with Verizon Jets, everyone hated having Bell stream the games. I saw more than one person say that it would cost $300 to watch the junior games through Bell. I think NHL TV is around $150, so it costs double to watch juniors in Canada than it is to watch the pros in America. But it sounds like the price point is going to be somewhere around where the AHL has their streaming package. I think right now, to get every single game for the AHL is about $45. So even if it's a little bit more than that, I think that's probably going to be a steal. You know, these games are really good to watch, and Verizon usually does a good job with these kinds of things. If they can do a pro setup and have it look nice, I think for someone like me who can finally have access to games in Alberta and British Columbia from New Jersey, I think that's a great opportunity and this package would be an absolute steal. I can tell you what I pay. I pay $99 just for me to follow all the Rangers games on NHL TV and I do get a discount, but I think the NHL TV package is one of the best packages you could find. Pretty much you're getting the home team speed. I think that's what you're going to wind up with the new junior hockey package. You will get the home team speed and I'll tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, if they do the radio version of some of these announcers, I think you guys would get a big kick out of it. But there's some great people, especially in the WHL, that have pretty much old-time guys calling hockey. There's guys like Greg and Bartell, who's the Kelowna Rockets announcer. This is a guy that throws his heart in his broadcast. They're entertaining. Junior hockey, if you've never seen it, I really think you got to watch some of these games just for the entertainment value alone. I'm blessed. I get to see junior hockey in person. And I think from an entertainment value, it's still a better buy for the dollar than the NHL pretty much because of all the extras that go into, say, a junior hockey game. All right, so now it's time for the college hockey recap. The national poll has not changed since our last episode, but the games have. So let's check the scores. In the Big Ten, we'll start with a sweep by number four Minnesota as they took both games against Michigan State, 4-2 and 5-1. Then number five Wisconsin took game one against Notre Dame, 5-2, but the Fighting Irish and the Badgers tied the second game, 5-5, with Notre Dame getting the shootout win. We also had number 7 Michigan split their series with Ohio State, a 3-2 win for the Buckeyes, and a 6-0 shutout for the Wolverines. We had nothing in the ECAC, so we'll move right along to Hockey East. We had a one-off where number 11 BU beat UConn 3-2 in overtime. But on to the series, we'll start with number 1 BC sweeping Maine with a 4-2 win and a 3-0 shutout. Then Merrimack tied New Hampshire 3-3 with New Hampshire getting the shootout win, but Merrimack would come back in the second game and win 6-2. Then a split series between number 16 Northeastern, who dropped game 1 to UMass Lowell 4-1, but Northeastern would win game 2 with a 4-0 shutout. 
In the NCHC, Colorado College had a busy weekend. First, they upset number eight Minnesota Duluth in Minnesota with a 2-1 win, but their luck ran out quick. They also got shut out by number six St. Cloud State 4-0. Number two, North Dakota had a good weekend as they sweep number nine Omaha with 4-1 and 7-1 wins. In the WCHA, number 20 Lake Superior State took both games against Alabama Huntsville 2-1 and 4-1. Then an upset as Bemidji State swept number 18 Michigan Tech 4-1 and 2-1. And lastly, number 14 Bowling Green tied Northern Michigan 0-0 with Northern Michigan getting the shootout win. But Bowling Green came out on top for game two, winning by a score of 6-2. And only one non-conference series this weekend and it's number three Minnesota State sweeping Ferris State with a 5-4 win in overtime and a 5-1 victory as well. Jess we only have two more weeks of scheduled college hockey. Who do you think is on the right track here and who needs some work? First let's congratulate North Dakota they are the regular season champs for the NCHD. I think they are starting to gel heating up right at the right moment I think North Dakota right now is my favorite for the NC2A title. I think they've got a balanced team all the way up and down the lineup. They're 17-4-1 with a 2-0 record in overtime. I think they are such a solid team. The game that they had against Nebraska-Omaha on Saturday was a wild game. The last minute of the game saw something like 104, 105 penalty minutes handed out because they actually had a full-out brawl on the ice, uh, something you, you almost never see in college hockey. There'll be some guys suspended because of it. It's a good, good team. It's been a while since we've seen North Dakota at the top of the, the college world. If you want to say they're back, oh, yeah, North Dakota is back. If you want to see something exciting, if you haven't already, go check out the North Dakota-Omaha fight. It was Something that I've never seen before in college hockey. It was absolutely incredible to watch. To see the team bring that kind of energy and to see Omaha also put up was kind of cool. Obviously, you know, fighting at the college level is typically a no-no, but it was something really fun to see. But from where we are in this season, we could write a book about the right time and the wrong time to get hot as a team. Because no team has gotten their wins at a better time than the Wisconsin Badgers. Obviously, you've got your teams like Boston College, North Dakota, and Minnesota State, they're probably locks at this point. The Wisconsin Badgers started off their season at 4-5. and five. We were ready to write them off as another Wisconsin team with a lot of talent that couldn't get it done. Since that 4-5 and five record, they're 11-3 and three with one tie. And in sports, we've learned it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And nothing's a layup, but I can't see them losing more than one game in their last four when they play Ohio State and Michigan State. It's time we start lumping them in with those three teams as locks for the postseason. I want to throw some love Minnesota's way, too. They started low, they made it all the way to the top and fell, but they've done a great job relying on their guys to keep them in the upper echelon of Division I teams, never really wavering out of the top five. I think their series against Michigan will decide where they fall, but I doubt they'll miss out on the postseason. Now, looking at the other side of that coin, the when not to get hot, we can write that entire chapter about Bowling Green. They were so fun to watch. Brandon Cruz, assuming he signs with Vegas is going to have an incredible pro career and Cam Wright, wherever his hockey career takes him, I'm sure he'll end up just fine. But this season, man, almost feels like a waste. In their first 15 games, they only lost twice, but shootouts included, they've dropped seven of their last 10. And with the committee this year, I don't expect them to get a lot of respect. I think a spot at the bottom is more likely to go to a Providence or a Northeastern or a UMass Lowell. I think they need to win out if they even want to be considered for the tournament. I think I got to disagree because 
When you look at the overall picture, Mitty's going to see 17 wins right now. Bowling Green, yes, they're struggling right now, but they still have time to ride the ship, and they're going to probably have the tournament. And if they can, you know, if they can win a couple of games in the WCHA tournament, I think they're one of the at-large teams. I think we also got to throw some love to the Atlantic Hockey League. I know it's fun to watch them, but surprise, surprise, Look who's in second place in the Atlantic Hockey, the Golden Knights of Army. I mean, come on. To see Little Army back playing well, we still got to show some love to American Internationals who's leading the league at 13-3. and three. I think we should see at least two teams besides the automatic bid for Atlantic Hockey this year. I think that conference has been playing some really good hockey. They've got, I'd say, maybe... Four teams worthy of being considered. It shows in both pairwise and crotch. Let's throw some love to Atlantic Hockey. I think what Army has done this year has been incredible. All three of the big teams in Atlantic Hockey, Army, AIC, and Robert Morris, have all been scratching and clawing at the rankings this year, Jeff. They've been super exciting. Where my concern is that even for a school like Bowling Green in like a major conference, where are these teams going to fall when you put them in front of a person and not in front of an algorithm? Do you really think that a person is going to give them respect instead of a Hockey East team or an NCHC team? I don't trust them. Not to say that they're a bad program. I just don't trust the people in charge. That's where my concern comes in. I would love to see AIC make another huge run in the tournament. Robert Morris get a shot. Army get a shot. Have Bowling Green go deep. I just don't trust the people in charge to make that decision correctly because I think it's a lot easier to put in a big program than a smaller program who really could shock some people. Instead, just give people what they expect, and I think that's where this committee is going to fall short this year. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Legrano for myself. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. I'm Jess Rubenstein. You guys have a good week. Stay safe out there. Please wear that mask. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time.